Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Stephanie Hubka, a chapter past president and member of the POT Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. I co-host the Beltway broadcast along with Chris Eanes, our VP of Marketing and Communications. And we also have Helena Hodges, our Vice President of Finance and Operations as our producer. And for this episode, we are interviewing Jeff Batt. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. We're really excited you're here. And I'm excited about this topic, although before we dive in, I would love it if you would take a couple of minutes and introduce yourself to all of our listeners. Yeah, um, my name is Jeff Batt. So I I currently work with Amazon right now. So I am an instructional or uh, learning experience designer with them. But I've also been doing my own side business for quite a while where I teach a lot of classes on Udemy and Pluralsight. Uh, this company, the company is called Learning Dojo post a lot of YouTube videos on uh, various different e-learning development topics as well. So I've been teaching, I teach a, as an adjunct <clears throat> at a university here in Utah as well. So yeah, I uh, love teaching and, and love this e-learning space that we're in. That's fantastic. I think you'll fit in really well with all of us since we are definitely here to learn. And that's a reason that this is a topic I've been looking forward to. So we're going to talk today about using XAPI to personalize content for learners. This is an area where I'm going to guess a lot of our listeners probably are not quite sure what they're talking about. There might be a little alphabet soup going on in there. Maybe that makes it a good place for us to start. What exactly is XAPI? Yeah, XAPI. Yeah, it's been around for a while, but I still find that people are um, grasping it or you know still learning about it, and and that's okay. Yeah, um, it's it's something that I don't think you need to fully understand right now. But it is something that eventually you will need to understand and really grasp. And really what it is, if you think about SCORM, which SCORM is the way to communicate from storyline or captivate whatever you're using to build your online courses, that's mm -hmm. how it communicates to a learning management system. And it will communicate if the learner has started, if the learner has stopped, um, what the quiz questions were, if they got the questions right or or. Uh, not right as well, but that's basically it. So it didn't track much more beyond that. And so what XAPI is it uh, XAPI is, and the reason why we needed XAPI is it tracks a lot more because learning is not just start, stop, and quiz questions. Learning is right. Did I comment on something? Did I download something? Did I um, engage with something as well? And that's really what XAPI is: is the ability to track the uh, additional learning. That go be, goes beyond just the start and stop. It will do that as well, but it will track, um, you know, if I like something as well. And it, it boils down to XAPI boils down to a statements. Every activity that happens is a statement that contains three different parts. It contains who the person is. So you have to know who the person is. It contains mm -hmm. what action did they do. And that's usually one word like liked, downloaded, commented, something like that. And then it will describe that action. So Jeff Batts downloaded PDF on ethics. And so those three things combine to make this XAPI statements. And it gives us a lot more detail into what the learner is doing. And therefore, it opens up a lot more possibilities of like, okay, 
if I know the learner's doing this, this, and this, then I know yeah. they're not doing this. And so it gives me a lot more details and a lot more insights. And, <clears throat> and it tracks um, to a learning record store. Now, uh, I mean, I could go deep into this, but a learning record store could be combined with a learning management system. It depends. There are some that have both. There are some that are just kind of separate. So XAPI is more flexible because you can track outside of a learning management system. So there's a lot of possibilities there. Wow. And you know, I'm sitting here thinking we've come a really long way from SCORM. I remember when publishing an e-learning course, it was really just which type, you know, which version of SCORM are you going to use? Yep. I'm curious. I know Tin Can is also, um, you know, when we're talking about publishing and, you know, incorporating e-learning courses into LMSs, that's also a term that's been used. Is XAPI similar to Tin Can? Is it Tin Can? Is it, you know, related yeah. in any way? Great question. Okay. So when they were developing um, XAPI, yeah. um, ADL, the organization that's kind of over SCORM, ADL, mm -hmm. um, who is a government organization, they reached out to Rustici Software, who mm -hmm. does a lot with uh, SCORM. I mean, when you publish from Storyline, uh, yeah. Storyline is using Rustici Software SCORM driver. And so they um, basically, when Rustici decided to start building this new evolution of SCORM, they sometimes, you know, programmers will name their projects and they named it TinCan. And so the original kind of concept of it, and as they started developing it, uh, they called it TinCan. And that's where that came from. But when uh -huh. ADL was ready to publish this and make it live and say, okay, now we're ready. Here's our first version. Development is done. We're, we're going to call it uh, XAPI, Learning or Experience Design, or Experience API, basically. Um, and so... TinCan is basically the name that it was before, uh, and XAPI is the name that it is now. So it's the same thing. Um, and what's confusing, though, is Rustici or some uh, different drivers still use the name TinCan. Um, and Storyline, for the longest time, well, for the longest time, you could export out to TinCan. So they were still yeah. using that name. They've updated it in the most recent versions, where you now export to just XAPI, and they don't have any reference to TinCan. So that's really where that name came from, and it's still kind of lingering around, but it's now the evolution is now XAPI. Yeah, I remember a time when Tin Can was, it was the latest and greatest, and all everyone talked about is our LMS supports Tin Can, and yep. then started to see that disappear a little bit, but not enough that it wasn't still, like you said, kind of lingering out there. So I'm glad I asked that question because <laughs> I would, I'd bet a lot of people probably are wondering what the difference is or, you know, why we're still seeing both of those, but XAPI is where we want to be. So, Tell me a little bit about what it looks like to use XAPI in talent development. And I'm imagining, you know, a lot of people probably get it as far as e-learning goes, but it seems to me that this helps us to unlock a lot more about our learners and how they're engaging than we have ever really been able to do before. Yeah, and it does. And prior, when it first came out, and I think the reason why it's been slow to uh, be adopted is you would have to use code in order to add these different statements. So like I was talking mm. about before, uh, the person, the actor, the verb, and the object, you would have to go in and add JavaScript to your uh, Storyline or Captivate project to do that. Now, what's happened is Storyline and Captivate, um, Storyline more so at the moment, it allows you to control those triggers. And so I could go into Storyline and I can add a trigger that I'm already used to without having to add any type of JavaScript and I can choose, okay, 
Um, I don't have to choose the actor because it will capture who the person is through the learning management system already. Mm-hmm. But I can choose the verb and I can choose what the object is and describe and get greater detail. And there's two different ways to kind of publish out your X API content from Storyline is you could publish it out and upload it to your LMS and you can make the assignments and do everything right from the LMS. And then you get those greater insights like you're talking about. You you can track every single page if they're going back to a page. Um, and I thought that was really interesting when we published and we were tracking every page, we could tell that some people were going back to certain pages. And so we would go back and say, okay, why are they going back to this page? And maybe that has more relevant content for what they, they uh, need, or maybe it's something like they didn't fully understand. So they're going back yeah. to it and uh, review it again. And those are insights you could never get with SCORM. And so it's uh, like you're saying, it's just, it, it offers a lot more insights into what our learners are doing. And therefore, as a learning experience designer or an instructional designer, you can go in and make better decisions based off of that. Um, and one of the, the kind of the futuristic things that I get excited about is, okay, with that data, if the learner has done this, this, and this, well, now we can adapt our contents and we can change content or take the learner down different paths based on what they've done or what they haven't done. Um, and so that's, I mean, it's, I think we're still kind of scratching the surface on that next level at the moment. Um, but we're barely getting to the part where we're actually sending the data and we're able to get that data and get more reports. Um, but there's, there's another level where we can then personalize and adapt content in the future. That's an amazing thing to consider because we are so data-driven as an industry and as a profession. And I feel like every conversation I'm part of with practitioners is about how can we personalize? How can we customize? We don't want to do one size fits all. And it sounds like this is potentially the beginning of where we can start to use some of the tech that's out there to really not just capture it, but be able to track some of that data and then use it to build these experiences we've been hoping to build. Yeah. And there are systems out there that are kind of evolutions of learning management systems called LXPs, so learning mm. experience platforms. Now they sit on top of an LMS. They're not necessarily meant to replace an LMS, but if you have content on SharePoint, you have content on a learning management system, you have content on YouTube, what an LXP does is it brings all that content together. And kind of and some of those LXPs, uh, not all of them, but some of them use the data of XAPI to kind of uh, as the, the true or the source of truth for all these different things. And then based on that information, when you go into the LXP, it will recommend training and it'll recommend um, based on the skills, based on what you've done, and it will do that recommendation for you automatically. Um, I've done tests where I don't have to have an LXP. I can just go into the learning record store and I can just, you know, if the learner has done this, this, and this, then show them this, or if they haven't done this, this, and this, then show them this video. So it's possible to do without an LXP, but these LXPs are making them uh, a lot easier or making it a lot easier because of this XAPI-like data that's coming in and they're able to personalize and make those recommendations that we've been talking about in this industry for a long time. So That's incredible. It also begs the question because I know we've had we've had a couple terms. We've had LXPs and LRSs and LMSs. Yeah. As far as tools go, if 
someone out there is thinking, I would love to be able to benefit from X API. What is the bare minimum they would need to have? It sounds like an authoring tool, potentially an LMS. Tell us a little bit about what you need in order to get started. Yeah, to even get started, you don't even need, I mean, technically you don't need anything. You could actually go sign up for a free account. I usually use SquirmCloud. Yeah. Um, and that's cloud.squirm.com. And they have a free account that gives you a free learning record store. Yep. And you could actually go in and through JavaScript, send over these events. And I have a lot of videos on my YouTube on how to do that specifically. But so that won't cost you anything. But if you have Storyline, you can, it's a little bit easier because you can go into Storyline and you can send over JavaScript statements there. Or if your learning management system can handle either XAPI or CMI5, which is a new term that I haven't thrown out there yet, but <laughs> CMI5, it's basically like a, a more compact or kind of uh, stricter XAPI, basically. I don't know why mm -hmm. they named it something different. But uh, so CMI5, uh, if, if your current LMS can do that, then right now you don't even have to do anything. You don't even have to add on the extra triggers inside a storyline. You can just, or Captivate, and you can just publish to CMI5 or XAPI and then upload it to your LMS and automatically, again, without adding any extra triggers, you're already tracking every single page, you're tracking start completes, you're tracking the quiz questions, and you don't have to do anything else other than publish to a different format. So that would be my number one question or my number one recommendation is go ask your LMS if they support either XAPI or CMI5. And if they do, which um, not all of them do, but a lot of them are starting to, then publish to that instead of SCORM from now on and uh, get that uploaded. And then you'll get a lot more data than what you're currently getting. That is a great homework assignment for all of us. I know that's something I'm gonna take a look at myself. And I'm thinking too, we've, we have a lot of e-learning developers, a lot of people who work with LMSs as part of our listener base and within our chapter membership. But I'd love to talk with you a little bit about the design process. So for anyone out there who might be a, an instructional designer, maybe they're developing or designing e-learning courses, is there anything different or anything we might need to know about what that process might look like if we are thinking about later on incorporating XAPI into some of that data collection? Does yeah. the process change at all? Um, the process, if you're not going to add anything extra beyond what's already available out of the box, um, mm -hmm. the process isn't much different for your design initially, but you know the evaluation part of it, part of it where you yeah. go in and you say, okay, how did it do? That is a little bit different because now you're looking at new and additional data. Uh, if you're wanting to know additional things beyond that, and you're wanting to start to add on additional triggers of, uh, I want to know if the learner clicked on this. I want to know if the learner downloaded it. I want to know if they liked it. That's where you go in and you start designing for data almost. So you go in and the biggest question to ask is, what do I want to know? You can track mm -hmm. a lot, but you don't need to know a lot. You don't need to know everything. Um, and so I wouldn't go in and try to track everything. What I, what I would ask is like, okay, do I want to know this? Do I want to know that? Do I want to know if they've downloaded this? Do I want to know if they engaged and clicking on all the tabs? And one of the best examples that I've used is like videos. I mean, we take a lot of time to produce videos, but do we know or not if the learner has actually completed the entire video, if they watched the entire video or where did they leave off in the video? And having XAPI track um, events on start, complete, pause, and halfway, other things like that gives us that data 
So now we can go in, if we plan for that data, we can then go in afterwards and say, okay, uh, did they, well, what was the rate of the start compared to the rate of completion? And uh, a lot of learning record stores will create that uh, type of uh, report for you. So you can just go in and see uh, that start and that completion rate. So, yeah, so it yeah. takes a little bit of like knowing what you want. I mean, still design the course how you want, but then go in, I think the second phase is like, what do I want to know out of this? And then that's where you start to add those custom triggers. It's one of the things I think sounds the most exciting, of, you know, when you're considering how to incorporate it, because for a lot of us, we begin with the end in mind. We yeah. know behavior change we're looking for. We know where we want our learners to end up. So to be able to really put that thought process up front and think about actionable ways that perhaps that could impact the design process. And then certainly that experience, getting it into, say, an LMS and then having access to that data. I mean, it could be a game changer for yeah. a lot of organizations. So here's here's the potential that I haven't fully done this yet, but if you go in and you send over, let's say you do a simulation on how to submit an expense report yeah. and you want to know if somebody is actually able to do that after they've watched the video or mm -hmm. gone through the simulation. And so you can track the XAPI as you know somebody's going through the simulation and see how well they did. Yeah. And because it's JavaScript enabled, if you have access to send over events in that wherever they're actually doing the expense report, if you send over events, you can then, you have the learning part of it, but then you have the application part of it. And if you're sending over events on the application part, you can then compare the learning part and say, okay, compared to what they learned, are they able to actually implement it and do it? Um, and if you have that much control, not everyone has that much control over the tool itself. But if you, it is a custom tool and you're able to send over those events, which is, I mean, it's a snippet of code, basically, that, that uh, whoever's in charge of that tool would just have to, have to add in. But um, when they send over those events, you can then compare that data. And to me, that's awesome. That's really the behavior change of being able to track, you know, did they get the concept and did they were they able to apply it? And if they were, then boom then you know your learning was effective. Yeah, I'm sitting here imagining the smiles on stakeholders' faces <laughs> as they're getting presented with this data that I think many of us have only dreamed might be available. Yeah. And in fact, really is part of the workflows that we can put together. I mean, that is just exciting stuff, yeah. honestly. There's there's industries. I mean, I'm, I'm an author with Pluralsight and they have the skills side of uh, the training. Now, they don't create a lot of training for e-learning specific things. Mm -hmm. It's more programming. But then they have a tool called Flow. Now, the yeah. tool called Flow actually allows you to uh, implement and see how your your developers are actually, you know, working with the system and then put, publishing code and if they're able, and they're writing the code effectively or not. To me, and this is just I, you know, if, if I really had what I could, if my wish is being able to do the same thing is like teach. That's the skills part. But can we get into the flow of learning and actually track that flow of learning and compare the two and see if we're able to, you know, the teaching that we do compares to or improves the flow and how effective that flow is. So, Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. And I know we are just about at the point where we are going to ask you a couple final questions. But before we do, I know you mentioned you are an author, you have a YouTube channel. I'd love it if you would tell us a little bit more about where we can connect in with you, um, get access to some of those resources that you're sharing or any other resources that we should be aware of or checking out if we're getting ready to start our own XAPI journey. Yeah. LearningDojo.Ninja has um, 
my blog where I have all my YouTube videos there so you can go through. And I have YouTube videos on Storyline, Camtasia, XAPI, design uh, elements as well. I'm more of the developer, so I don't do a lot of instructional design theory and other things like that. But I'll show you how to build the content. Um, So learningdojo.ninja, and it will you know, link off to Twitter, uh, Jeff Batts, LXD as well. So those are the different resources you can find me at. We will check them out. We will link them into our show notes. I will certainly spend some time there. I am absolutely fascinated by this topic. I can't wait to continue my own learning journey here. That said, though, we are at the point where we're heading into our rapid fire section. So at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guest three rapid fire style questions. Each one takes no more than about 60 seconds or so to answer. So Jeff, what do you think? Are you ready for some rapid fire? I am ready. I was born ready. That is the <laughs> kind of energy that we look for. It really is. I'm excited. All right. Your first question today is give us one book that everyone must read and why. So this is not a learning related book, but The Compound Effect is my favorite book of all time. It talks about, I'm, I'm fascinated. I initially started in psychology, so I'm fascinated with behavior. And maybe that's the reason why I'm still in learning. But um <laughs> Um, it's talking about just, you know, if you're wanting to make a change in your life, it's the small, simple things done consistently over time is really what gets that compound effect, that great big, if you're trying to move a mountain, it's done by, you know, one rock at a time. So mm. me, that is a life changer book. And if you're wanting to become more or like better or more productive, that's a book you definitely need to check out. Yeah, that's a fantastic recommendation. Good choice. All right. Your second question is, what is one tool that you can't live without? So I'm going to actually say two tools because they kind of work. But <laughs> my things app on my phone is like my brain. So it's like uh... my to-do list. I can't function if it's not on there. It's not going to happen. Um, so that is one tool. But also whenever I'm creating a course or I'm kind of outlining stuff, Trello. I use Trello all the time. And so I take my different chapters and thoughts and kind of, you know, map them out there. And the reason why I love it is because then I can drag and drop it. And then I can add more comments onto those. Uh, All my blog posts and different ideas that I have all go into Trello. And then I kind of fine tune it from there. So that's the tool that I cannot live without. I need to have Trello. I want to echo everything you just said. I'm a huge fan of Trello myself. So 100% agree with you. It is amazing. All right. Last question for you today. And that is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I don't know where I got this from, but um, it's it's don't be afraid to fail. Or it's, mm. I'm thinking of the Batman quote, you know, why do we learn? Why do we fall? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. And I think the the greatest lessons of my life are the also the greatest failures or something that's um, attached to a failure. And I know uh, there was a project that we released that did not go well, and we were getting all this good, I mean, all this poor feedback on it. And but and we didn't we didn't have any tests, you know, process or anything like that. But from that, instead of freaking out and thinking everything you know is wrong, you know, going back and saying, okay, what did we do? What can we improve? How can we then improve this for future use? And so we we developed a whole um, process of you know QAing our courses and other things like that that I still use to this day. So I mean, don't be afraid 
I think, you know, learning part of learning is failure. You're going to fail at first and then you're going to figure it out. So don't be afraid to fail and just continue going. What a fantastic way to wrap up today. I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. Failure is not the bad word that so many of us think it is. I mean, that is just terrific advice. Jeff, we are so glad that you were part of the conversation today. I mean, you have taught us so much about XAPI, but honestly, you've made sense of alphabet soup, and that is a really difficult thing to do. So thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And of course, a huge thank you to all of you in our community for listening as well. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you interested in learning more about the Metro DC chapter of ATD or following us on social media? Go to dcatd.org and click on About. Would you like to be even more involved in our wonderful community? Go to dcatd.org and click on Volunteer to get started. 